0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Start your weekend off right. This is BetQLU with RJ Choppy, Chris Mack, and Kayla Kinaram on the
0: BetQL Network presented by BetMGM (laughs)
1: Oh yeah, the gang's all back together again. Welcome back into another edition of BetQLU, an hour of non-stop handicapping, predicting, in some cases complaining, because it happens, unless you're RJ and you're a Tennessee <laughs> fan, because you've had nothing to complain about yet this year, about <laughs> college football. Yes, welcome in. We are... Getting ready to dive into week 10, and we found a handful of matchups for you. I think we found a few. Oh, yeah, there's an enormous one happening in Athens, Georgia on Saturday. We are with you every single Friday night, 11 Eastern, Saturday morning, 9 Eastern, live coast to coast on the BetQL network. You can always find the podcast on your Odyssey app as well, A U D A C Y. Listen to us live there as well, wherever you may be in the world. And of course, On Twitch, twitch.tv slash betql. You can watch the show on YouTube as well. Uh, Happy Week 10, my friends. RJ, good to have you back. And uh, I know, man, like I said, you've had nothing to complain about yet. This is unusual. For for a Vols fan, I mean, you should have at least one heartbreak at some point already this year and multiple complaints, but you're flying high.
0: Yeah, we had heartbreak. It was back in March. Uh, we had heartbreak, mm-hmm. NCAA tournament. That was about the last time. That was the last time. It's been good. It's been a good run. It's been a good run for Tennessee. It's like it's it's it, everything. Everything that uh, they post on social media goes viral. Uh, you know the, the, the scene, the atmosphere, and then the the, the, the cheerleader security guard dude. I mean, it's it's, right. our was it's our so year. It's our year, man. Have, it just is. I have
1: to ask. We have to ask Kayla, her th- former Mizzou dance team member, what she thought <laughs> of the security guard. The I'm air quoting now with my fingers. If you're not watching the show, security guard jumping in on the dance routine.
2: That was so good. I was very impressed. I love a good like undercover dance breakout like that. When you know someone's just incognito and busts out all the moves. Oh, I loved it. Very impressed. I,
1: yeah. Okay, good. Well, if it gets a passing grade from you, then we'll accept it. Uh, and we'll just skate right on by your Missouri Tigers and my Penn State Nittany Lions who blew a fourth quarter lead to Ohio State. We're not going to talk about that at all. Thank you very Wait, much.
2: Wait, but Mizzou won. Uh,
1: I know. But it, it, I was I, shocked. Well, I'll, just, I'll just be honest, it Do, Does it count if a tree falls in the woods if nobody hears it? And if Mizzou <laughs> wins... In this case, I mean, does it does it, does it it still count?
2: Road win at South Carolina? I'll take what I can get this season, you guys. Okay.
1: Fair enough. We'll celebrate enough. the
2: small victories. Uh,
1: okay. There you go. The little things. That's right. All right. Let's start. Uh, since RJ was not with us last weekend, we'll let you start, RJ. What did you learn week nine? We'll save the college football playoff reaction for just a moment from now, but let's start with what else you may have learned from week nine of the college football season.
0: Well, I mean, you know, week nine had uh, again. It was it was a it was a good weekend. It wasn't like one of these you know epic holy day of obligation kind of weekends. But you know, uh, I, I did learn a couple more things. Again, TCU impressive. That was not the most difficult opponent, but road win at Morgantown's never easy, right? That's never an easy place to play. Um, you know, and 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 for the most part, uh, the chalk held, and you know for. We, we saw it. We saw it for the rest of the, uh, you know, the rest of the country. Uh, th- we have seen there's two or three teams that I think have separated themselves. And there's about four or five teams that, you know, everybody is wondering what's their resume going to look like at the end of the year. And I, I think that's what the one thing that took away from last week in the college football, because it wasn't like one of these things where it was going to mess up the entire you know season. Uh, there was no separation, really. It was. We saw these three, these two or three three teams, these are the best. And then you got a handful that have an argument and there's everybody else.
1: Yeah. It feels like there's a race for number four at this point. And again, we'll get into the the CFP, the first CFP rankings reaction in just a moment. Um, My takeaway from week nine, Michigan needs to invest in a second tunnel. When you've got a stadium that qualifies as the (laughs) third largest city in the state, on any given Saturday afternoon, I think you could find a couple thousand bucks to maybe carve a hole in a wall somewhere so that the two teams don't constantly have to butt heads in the tunnel before and after games. It's happened three different times now this year at Michigan Stadium. The most recent one led to uh, a Wolverine getting beat down by some sparties uh, Who knows who started it? Who cares who started it? Um, it's nonsense all around, but... They've got to do something about that in Michigan because it continues to get a little bit more out of control every single week. And I imagine there's some people in Michigan that, again, once we get to the rankings, aren't exactly the happiest after this past weekend. Uh, Kayla, what did you learn in week nine?
2: I learned that I was apparently way too high on Oklahoma State. Guys, what was that? Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> the Big 12 has been really wonky this year. I have a hard time figuring them out, but I'm officially taking back All the nice things I said about the Pokes. A 48-0 shutout on the road to K-State. The first time they've been shut out since 2009. Handed the Cowboys their second loss of the season. And it's also worth noting that OSU's quarterback left the game in the fourth quarter after landing wrong on his shoulder. But before that, he was just 13 of 26 for 147 yards and an interception. Oh, right. The Wildcats did all this with a backup quarterback, Will Howard, who threw for 296 yards and four touchdowns. Plus, you had Deuce Vaughn running for 158 yards and a touchdown. When you're having an on day, you're having an on day. And when you're having a bad day, you're having a really bad day, apparently. But uh, before this game, OSU had put up no less than 34 a game. My mind is still blown. Somehow the Cowboys are still ranked 18. They're still third in the Big 12, but they sure made me look stupid after I had them making a run in the playoff last week.
1: I mean, Mike Gundy's been there since the I'm a man, I'm 40 rant, which is going on 15 years ago now. And, um... I mean Kayla RJ you were out last weekend so Kayla and I were both totally all in on yes. Oklahoma State last week yeah. we I mean and it wasn't it wasn't like it wasn't fact based we went over the numbers everything that Gundy teams had done in positions like that and we had basically baked them into a Big 12 championship game spot alongside TCU all they had to do was get past uh, a Wildcats team with a backup quarterback and they failed miserably probably the worst loss of the gundy era i would say
0: i i would think it is uh it's it's the worst loss by a top 10 team to an un you know to a to a lower ranked team where they got shut out that we've ever seen right. uh you you've not seen something like that so it, it was it was an awful loss for them i got some buddies that are oak state fans uh that you they, they had to turn off my radio show this week because <laughs> we do our college ball tuesdays they're like we can't we can't hear this we we just, we just can't hear you going into the pokes but they deserve it you know like that Mike Gundy somehow looks younger now than he did 15 years ago when he made that I'm a man on 40 comment uh, he 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 that was the worst performance of his era I think without question uh, th- and that's a good team that's the most yeah. stun- that's probably the most stunning game and result that I've seen it's all year that's a really good football team so is K State though. Like, K-State's really good, and that's going to make TCU's win look even better.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've got an opportunity for some serious chaos in the Big 12, which we'll get to in just a couple of moments. But let's start with the first college football playoff rankings coming out Tuesday night. Tennessee 1, OSU 2, Ohio State, that OSU, Georgia 3, Clemson 4, and then Michigan 5, Bama 6 on the outside looking in, leaving TCU 7th. And a couple of Pac-12 teams, eight and nine, Oregon and USC. So Kayla, I'll start with you. In your opinion, what did the committee get right and what did they screw up?
2: You're welcome, RJ. They got right Tennessee won. They are the only team in college football to have five wins over top twenty-five AP ranked teams. I I think their strength of schedule speaks volumes. They have that huge win over Bama. When you look at Georgia, I'm I know they're a great team, but they have Played one ranked team so far, and it was Oregon in week one. They have also played Sanford, South Carolina, Kent State, Auburn, Vandy, and almost lost to Mizzou, which I'll never get over. Um, They have maybe one of the easiest schedules in the SEC, if you ask me. As far as the Ohio State argument, they have wins over really just number 13 Penn State last week, and before that, their only ranked win was in week one over then number five Notre Dame. Um, However, their wins have been dominant, but I think think as far as one, two, three go – this is the right order.
1: RJ, what do you think? Would they get right? Would they screw up?
0: Uh, well, I'll tell you what they got right. The Tennessee <laughs> is over one. That's <laughs> oh, definitely that. what they got right there. Okay.
1: He's There's got he's got a, a flag there. for those of you not watching the show. He's now waving <laughs> a giant orange UT flag.
0: This will be out on my front uh step or my uh, my my front my porch uh <laughs> tomorrow or Saturday uh for the Georgia game. I'll get a ticket from the HOA and I don't care uh, because it's college football season and I'm going to defund the HOA this weekend. That's what I'm going to do.
1: You suburban rebel, you.
0: I am such a suburban (laughs) rebel. This is how, this is how you get your point across. in in suburban America right here. You put your college flag up where only the American flag is allowed. And you tell them, we don't care about your rules HOA, but no, in all seriousness, they didn't get that right. Uh, you know, I, my co-host on my, regular, my, on my morning show laughed at me when I said Tennessee was going to be number one, and he's like, "Why do you think that?" I was like, "Well, they're the only one with a resume that says they deserve to be number one. They had the five top twenty-five wins, like Kayla mentioned. As soon as LSU got put at number ten, which I didn't think they deserved to be number ten, but as soon as they got put at number ten, I knew they were going to be number one because that would have given them two top ten wins. Nobody else would have had uh, would have had matched that. Um, and, and so they got that right. And I'll tell you what they got wrong." and I have been all over this group of clowns since the beginning, I don't understand how Fraudson continues to get the publicity (laughs) they do. Clemson was down 11 to Syracuse at home going into the fourth quarter. Name me the other top 10 team that would only be a a three-and-a-half point favorite against Notre Dame. There isn't one. I bet you Georgia and Ohio State and Tennessee and Alabama – Are double-digit favorites over them, over over Notre over Notre Dame. Uh, I bet you TCU is a. I mean, they would probably get dinged because they're TCU, but they should be a six and a half point favorite over Notre Dame. Oregon should be highly favored against them. Kansas State. uh, I I just I don't get it. I I don't understand why the committee did that. Maybe it was a. Maybe it was a. uh, Hey, here you go, Dabo. Here's a little bit of a hat tip for you for all the hard work you've done. Yada yada yada. I didn't get that. I thought they got that one way way wrong.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm with you. I think they're, they're surviving on brand name at this point. You know, yeah. they're doing quarterback, da- doing a dance between their quarterbacks every single week. I've been down on DJU most of the year, although he showed up in a couple spots. They had to go to the backup to get uh get out alive against Syracuse. Their three ranked wins: NC State, uh, Syracuse, and Wake, look a little less impressive every single week. Uh, and they're not going to have anything to help bolster their resume down the stretch. You look at the rest of their schedule, uh, un- an unranked Notre Dame team, right? And then they, they wrap up with three at home against Louisville, Miami, and South Carolina, I guess is the most impressive of the- that, that, that trio uh, the- if, if Clemson wants to stay where they are. And I think this is the, the, the odd part of this is they can do it. They're going to have to run the table to stay at number four. It'll be odd to me if they run the table because – not not if they run the table, but if they run the table and stay where they are because I don't think they're truly the fourth-best team in the country. But the committee now has kind of – well, committed themselves to that, for lack of a better way to put it. And they're going to have to have somebody jump Clemson in the last three weeks despite them – or last four weeks despite them running the table. And that's going to be a bad look for the committee, I think – I don't understand. Look, Michigan's schedule is not any better than Clemson's. It's probably worse, to be quite honest, if you take away the other two top teams in the Big Ten, and they haven't played Ohio State yet, so we don't know if they'll remain undefeated once they do. But I thought Michigan, at the very least, could have been ahead of Clemson. Uh, Bama, even, uh, even with the loss, could have been up there. But, Kayla, it doesn't doesn't make sense to me that Clemson can take – a very soft back third of the schedule, run the table on it, and somehow end up in the playoff.
2: Exactly. The way I see it is Clemson has the edge now. They've got three uh, top 25 wins where Michigan doesn't have the edge now, but they could have it in the back of the season. Rutgers, Nebraska, whatever, but then ranked Illinois, ranked OSU, Mm -hmm. whereas Clemson has left what? Notre Dame, Louisville, Miami, and South Carolina. So Michigan's going to have to step it up in the back half of this this run to then jump Clemson. But as of now, I do feel like they have the edge slight edge over Michigan. However, Bama, I think their schedule is one of the toughest Um, games left. They have number 10 LSU at number 10 LSU Ole miss Austin pay and then Auburn. So I'm hoping they'll, they'll somehow jump, but yeah, Michigan can definitely um, prove themselves in these last four games. I
1: mean, it's wild, but you could have a scenario where you've got undefeated SEC and Big Ten champs. Let's presume it's, for RJ's sake, Tennessee in the SEC. Yeah. Uh, we'll say Ohio State in the Big Ten uh, and Clemson in the ACC. You could have those three undefeateds. Okay, undefeated, we punch your ticket. You're in. And then you're going to have to pick for the fourth spot from maybe a two-loss Bama team, but two really good losses, if you want to call them that. You could have non-championship game participants with just one loss in the sec and big 12 like georgia or michigan you could have a one loss Pac 12 champ you could have a one loss big 12 champ if tcu were to fall in the last couple weeks before they go to their championship game if they're undefeated they probably get plugged in but I mean, it it could get wild over these last three, four weeks, five, if we're counting Conference Championship Week to figure out who's going where and who punches that final ticket for the playoff. Coming up, speaking of punching tickets, we could have a ticket puncher in the Big 12 Big Noon on Saturday, an elimination chamber in the SEC, we'll explain, and Steve Sarkeesian, agent of chaos, perhaps, speaking of that Big 12 picture, alongside Kayla Canarim and RJ Choppy, I'm Chris Mack, welcome in. This is BetQLU. This is BetQLU with RJ, Chris, and Kayla here on the BetQL Network presented by BetMGM. Back to BetQLU with RJ Choppy, Chris Mack, and Kayla Canarum on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Welcome back into BetQLU live coast to coast on the BetQL network and of course wherever you may be in the world on your Odyssey app. If you missed the beginning of the show, you can always use the rewind feature on your Odyssey app. Take us with you wherever you may be in the world or just download the show as a podcast later uh, in case you miss it live. You can also watch the show on Twitch, twitch.tv slash and on YouTube as well, alongside RJ Choppy and Kayla Canarum. I'm Chris Mack. Yes, we will go between the hedges. We got to talk Tennessee, Georgia, before we wrap up today, and we'll get you our best bets as well. Um, A rematch of the 2020 ACC Championship game, as it were that year, uh, coming up in just a couple of minutes, and a little bit of an SEC West Elimination Chamber, maybe. It's crazy to think about it, but one head coach is a few wins away from somehow ending up in his conference championship game, despite the fact that some of us, including yours truly, were ready to leave him for dead back in September. Let's start, though, in the Big 12, guys. Uh, is This could be a ticket puncher. Noon Eastern, 11 Central, Saturday, in Fort Worth. Texas Tech visiting number 7, TCU. Horn Frogs favored by 9.5, total sitting at 69.5. And, and TCU currently holding a 98% chance to play in the Big 12 championship game. A win would put them at 9-0 and overall, 6-0 and in the conference, with uh, road trips to Austin and Waco on deck, and then a home finale against Iowa State. So all but mathematically locking them in. First-half defense has been sh- shaky, to say the least, for TCU the last three weeks, but they have locked it down in the second half and overtime each of those last three weeks. RJ, we'll start with you down in Big 12 country in the Metroplex. You get to see TCU closely every single week. Um, I think they got slighted a bit, only being ranked seventh. Uh, Yes, the defense, like I mentioned, has been shaky, giving up over 24 points each of the last three first halves, but they've locked it down when they've had to in big games.
0: They have. Uh, I I think they did get slighted. I thought it was expected. This is where I expected them to be, thinking about where they were going to be ranked. I thought seventh was the spot they were going to wind up in for a couple of reasons, and 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 I think one of them is is, is brand name. Uh, you know, like they're just not thought of as a as a as a powerhouse. Um, you know, Tennessee was also unranked to start the year, uh, but you know, and they had a great resume just like Tennessee did. But you know, there, there's a there's a name recognition to one and and, and not to another. Um, even though one's been really really down for two decades, um, but TCU is is fighting the same fight they fought. Uh, several years ago when, when TCU and Baylor thought they had uh, a case to be made for getting into the Final Four, and neither one of them got in. And and I always thought if the name on the front of their jersey was Oklahoma or Texas, that they would have gotten in with the resume they had. I thought Baylor would have been able to say the same thing. And and this is just the road they're going to have to go through. The good news for them is if they went out, they're in. It's For the most part. Like, you know, I, it was something catastrophic would have to happen or, or you know, a super close game this Saturday, you know, this weekend against uh, you know, Tennessee and Georgia uh, or, or or the SEC championship game, something like that. Michigan-Ohio State, super close. But this is what TCU has to deal with. This is nothing new for them. Uh, they don't have a big fan base. They'll never get the benefit of the doubt. They've got less living alumni than that fills up every SEC state. They've got 70,000 of living, living alumni. Uh, so it, it, this is this is what they're, they're accustomed to.
1: Kayla, I mean, it's, again, I feel like TCU got slighted a little bit, but to RJ's point, this is a program that's, when they've had to prove it on the field, historically, they've gone out and proven it on the field. They've proven it on the field to this point at 8-0, 5-0 in the conference. Uh, We can get into some of the, the chaotic scenarios that would exist behind them in the standings, depending on what happens between the Longhorns and Wildcats in just a couple of minutes, but TCU laying nine and a half at home as the number seven team in the CFP rankings to a Texas Tech squad that I don't know could could they make things could they jump up and 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 scare the heck out of TCU maybe but I kind I look at this as an opportunity for TCU to, to do what they're supposed to do show up win by double digits run away late and remind everybody that you're the best team in the big 12.
2: Absolutely. I think they're definitely going to prove themselves once again on Saturday. I'm taking them at minus nine and a half. And while Tech has one of those wonk has had one of those wonky seasons where there's really been no rhyme or reason to some of these wins and losses, like you said, I can see them potentially giving the Horn Frogs a run for their money, but I still like them to cover at nine and a half. After all, they won this game handedly last season, 52-31. to Texas Tech lost at home against Baylor last week, only putting up 17 points. They only completed 12 passes. They had five interceptions between three different quarterbacks, you guys. Rough day for them. They also have taken L's in three of their last four and have gone two and three against ranked opponents this season. Um, When you're going up against the seventh best ranked team in the country on home turf, good luck. TCU covered a seven point spread last weekend against West Virginia, winning by 10. So I absolutely think they can cover a nine and a half at home. Not only that, but never underestimate a team on the bubble. Like you guys said, fighting for some respect and a playoff spot. You've got the better quarterback situation with Max Duggan, who's thrown three or more touchdowns in six of his last seven games. Duggan, sorry. Uh, TCU, much more consistent on both sides of the ball. I feel confident in taking them to cover.
1: Yeah, I like TCU to cover as well. And like I said, that's pretty much a ticket puncher to the Big 12 championship game if they can beat the Red Raiders at home on Saturday. Saturday night, 7 Eastern, 6 Central. I mentioned Steve Sarkeesian, Agent of Chaos. It's entirely possible that the Longhorns, number 24, Texas going in to manhattan the little apple to face 13k state could flip the big 12 almost totally upside down if k state wins they've got an inside line on the number two spot in the big 12 as the only one lost team few UT wins though uh, second spot in the big 12 wide open at least seven maybe even eight teams within a game of each other with just three weeks to go wildcats Sixth in the country in defensive efficiency. They've only allowed 15 offensive touchdowns, fewest in the Big 12. Texas coming off a bye, a chance to lick their wounds a little bit after that blown lead to Oklahoma State in their fifth straight road loss. RJ, Texas one in six on the road in the past two seasons. That's worse than the conference, but they've won five straight against K-State and it feels like they're coming on despite the hiccups and the speed bumps. Texas favored by two and a half. Kansas State home dogs in this one. Um, I think I'm leaning Wildcats. What do you think?
0: I'm leaning Wildcats as well. Um, And, and, you know, I'd be considering if you're going to lean Wildcats, if you're going to take them plus the two and a half, you might as well basically take them at plus money uh, on the money line too. Uh, I I think that they're a more consistent football team than Texas. Uh, They're very well – both teams are, 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 you know, uh, pretty well coached. Uh, Even though Sark's had his ups and downs throughout his career, uh, you know I I think K State is just more consistent, and the fact that it's a home game for them uh, and a night game at that—that place is going to be rocking. Uh, Even though K State is is probably the better team and the higher ranked team, they're going to be acting like the underdogs that day. They're going to do it. Those fans would absolutely love to get a marquee win over a program like Texas. It's going to be nuts. It's going to be loud, and they can sense it. They can sense their opportunity to go. To a New Year's Six bowl, uh, and and they got to win out to do it. So I, I like K State plus the two and a half here.
1: I trust RJ's read on the Big Twelve probably better than ours, Kayla, especially after we blew the <laughs> Oklahoma State game last weekend without him around to talk sense into us. But uh, again, a, a home when number thirteen is a home dog to number twenty four, I, I think like RJ. It, forget just Kansas State plus the two and a half. Lean on the money line if you really believe the Wildcats have an opportunity to lean in the number two spot in the Big 12 with a big win Saturday night.
2: This is a tough one for me. Um, I can see this one going either way. I could talk myself into either team. Um, Because once again, not a lot has made sense in the Big 12 this season. We all saw what backup quarterback Will Howard did to Oklahoma State last weekend. Let's not forget two weekends ago when Quinn Ewers lost to the Pokes and had three interceptions. It's still unclear who will be starting and this one for the wildcats at home which could explain why they're the dogs i'm not really sure um the spread still surprises me a little um it feels like texas is also due for a road get right win uh, especially coming off a of bye um, and if you're breaking things down statistically texas does have the edge but the one thing that i can't really look past is that since steve Sarkisian has taken over as head coach for the longhorns he's gone one and six in road games um, plus, for what it's worth, the Wildcats are five two and one against the spread and four one and zero against the spread at home. So with that, I'm going to be taking K State at plus two and a half, and we'll be biting my nails the entire time. Um, as yeah, for the well, total, uh... though, this is a Big 12 game in which I'm leaning the under.
1: Oh, okay, under 54 Ooh. and a half. That's 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 some that's some sp- spicy Big 12 takeage right there. <laughs> under 54 <laughs> the under and a half.
2: Seven and two in their last nine meetings.
1: Okay. All right, I'll ride with you on the under. And I think we're all together on K State as well. Also, Saturday night, 7 Eastern, 6 Central, number six, Bama visits Baton Rouge. Number 10, yeah, number 10, LSU, despite having two losses. Bama favored by 13 total, sitting 56.5. It's basically the first half of the two week SEC West Elimination Chamber. And believe it or not, LSU might be in the best spot here. Uh, because they've got Bama at home, then Bama's got to go on the road to Ole Miss. If LSU can run the table with Arkansas, UAB, and A and M all sitting on deck, they'll go to the SEC championship game, mm-hmm. which is like mind blown emoji moment with a shot at probably punching a ticket to the CFP. Bama, they got to beat LSU on the road. They got to beat Ole Miss on the road before. Okay, soft spot against Austin P at home but then the iron bowl and literally anything can happen in the iron bowl. They got to do all that. If they want to go to the sec championship and stay alive in the playoff conversation, Jaden Daniels, huge couple of games against Florida and Ole miss last five meetings at LSU Bama's defense has shown out though. Brian Kelly as a double digit dog at Notre Dame eight times, one, one of those games. So, All that rolled up into one. I expect Nick Saban goes in and handles his business in Baton Rouge. Kayla, what do you think?
2: (laughs) I'm right there with you. And of all years for this game to be at LSU, but you know Bama wants in that playoff and they're going to have to have a convincing win at Tiger Stadium in order to help that resume. I'm rolling with the tide. Um, Get it? At minus 13. Mm -hmm. Here is why. what you did there. (laughs) I know this is a heated rivalry, but in four of Bama's five conference games, they have averaged, you guys, nearly 40 points a game and have only allowed an average of 13. Let's not forget what the Vols were able to do to LSU um, at home, a team in which the Tide barely (laughs) lost by three. Um, With all that is on the line for uh, the Crimson Tide, I think the defense is going to step up in a big way. I know their road against the spread record of two and five in the last seven isn't great, but as long as they can keep those penalties in check, I think they should be able to cover
1: yeah i feel like we've all developed a fair amount of questions about bryce young over the last two months rj mm-hmm. but i don't know if it's if it's enough uh, for bama to go into lsu nearly two touchdown favorites and not get out of there alive
0: i i agree i i think that they they win this game rel- relatively easily you know i wonder how much of bryce's issues have been uh shoulder related i, I would I would, mm-hmm. I would guess quite a bit That's fair but yeah you know look i I, I saw Tennessee go in there and absolutely make LSU look like a program I've never seen LSU look like before. Uh, I, I don't, I don't believe that they are the 10th best team in the nation. I will believe it. When I see it, that they're going to win this game. I can't imagine how they find a way to do it. I'd be all over the tide, at the 13 and a half, uh, the, 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 the money line itself tells you how, how much of a, uh, you know, this this, this spread probably should be more than 13 and a half probably should be more in this 16 and a half, 17 range. And I just, I'm all
1: over Bama here. All right. We're all, all over Bama. We'll see if Brian Kelly wins just despite the three of us, as well as, you know, every other single person in the world of college football (laughs) who thinks, uh, He's going to get worked by Saban this weekend. All right, I mentioned going to the the last break, a rematch of the 2020 ACC championship game. We all remember how wonky that season was because of COVID. Notre Dame played their entire schedule in the ACC that year and then played Clemson in the ACC championship game. Notre Dame has won 26 straight regular season games against ACC opponents. That is their only loss in that stretch not technically a regular season game, right? Clemson beat the Irish in that 2020 ACC championship game. Since 2018, Clemson the only ACC team to defeat the Irish. DJU back in as the starter uh, after uh, getting pulled in their comeback win over Syracuse. We mentioned earlier when we talked CFP rankings, there's a ton of questions about Clemson and just how strong they actually are. Their offense has been underwhelming. Feels like every game, though, for Dabo is a must win if they want to stay in the top four and stay in the playoff conversation, RJ.
0: Yeah, I mean it does. They, they need to have this win. It needs to be a good win for them. Uh, you know, and but look, we always look at the you know, the transitive property, right? Well, this team beat that team. That means that team's gonna right. beat whatever. Notre Dame put it Syracuse. And you know, Clemson did not. Uh, now maybe Clemson's kryptonite is Syracuse. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe they just don't like to see you know white helmets with the orange S on it. I, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't. Know, I don't know how that works, them. But you know, Notre Dame had a really nice game against Syracuse. They have they have come a long way. Okay, you got to give them credit. That was a bad start for Notre Dame to the season, and since then they've had one stumble, and that was a game where they couldn't score against Stanford. That's it. Other than They beat Carolina. They beat BYU. They took care of Syracuse. Uh, look, I, I I think Clemson absolutely should roll them, but I am
1: going to take Notre Dame plus the three and a half, But I know that is dangerous. Ooh, spicy. I got Clemson by a touchdown. What about you, Kayla?
2: I'm taking the tiber- Tigers to cover at minus three and a half. They're the better team when it comes to quarterback, running back, defense, and I like records, so I really want them to keep the longest active college football win streak alive, currently at 14.
1: There we go. Coming up, another (laughs) ticket puncher for one. An elimination game for the other, maybe. The beast of the SEC East schedule. Saturday afternoon between the Hedges in Athens. We'll break down Vols, Dogs, plus some big numbers and our best bets as well. Alongside Kayla Canaram and RJ Choppy. I'm Chris Mack, and this is BetQLU. This is BetQLU with RJ, Chris, and Kayla. Here on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Back to BetQLU with RJ Choppy, Chris Mack, and Kayla Canaram on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Yeah, welcome back in. Getting ready for week 10 of the college football slate. A ton of huge games, and the biggest one of them all in Athens, Georgia. We'll get to it in just a moment. Of course, you know we are live coast-to-coast every Friday night, 11 Eastern, Saturday morning, 9 Eastern, as well on the betql network you can find us anytime on your odyssey app a-u-d-a-c-y download us as a podcast rewind using that rewind feature on your odyssey app that goes back a full 72 hours now or go find the video version of the show either on twitch twitch.tv betql or on YouTube as well, alongside RJ Choppy and Kayla Canarum. I am Chris Mack. We will get you our best bets before we wrap up, as we like to do every week as well. We'll take a look at some of the bigger numbers around college football up on the board at your favorite sports book, wherever they may be, whether it's an actual physical book or just in the palm of your hand. Uh, That coming up with some big numbers in just a moment. But we mentioned the big one, an SEC championship play-in game of sorts, maybe, number one, Tennessee, number three, Georgia, both undefeated bulldogs favored by eight and a half over the number one team in the country coming into their backyard total sits at 66 and this really is guys a case of irresistible force against immovable object both teams are top five in the country in points per game margin but tennessee has done it with their offense averaging 49.4 points per game Georgia has done it with their defense as much as their offense, only allowing 10.5 points per game. So that being said, Kayla, which way do you go first? Do we look at the strength of Tennessee's offense? Do we look at the strength of Georgia's defense? And how do we assess an eight and a half point spread? Georgia favored at home doesn't surprise me, but eight and a half yeah. kind of does.
2: Uh, I'm right there with you. RJ, this is an easy one for me, and you're welcome. Give me the balls at plus eight and a half. I hope I'm not eating my words on Saturday, but Tennessee were seven point dogs against Bama. And well, we all saw what happened there. Uh, I'll say it again. We know Georgia is a solid team, that defense is legit. But you guys, has Mizzou been their toughest test all season? And I say that as a Mizzou fan. Who have they played? Um, meanwhile, Tennessee, again, as I said, at the top is the only team with five plus wins over AP top 25 opponents, and they're still undefeated. So this will absolutely be the toughest test for both teams, or maybe Tennessee already had their toughest test with Bama either way. I like the balls to cover here. As you mentioned, both teams average 40 or more Tennessee at almost 50. And guess what? Kirby sport, Kirby smarts, bulldogs are two and nine when allowing 30 or more points. They're also three and eight when allowing 400 plus yards. And how many yards do the balls average? You ask that would be 553 a game um rj what's the vols cheer because i'm all about go vols this weekend do you guys have let's a slogan go
0: big orange yeah. oh baby let's That's do what it is.
2: it's
0: one of many we got rocky top we got a million of them. what else do you want what,
2: what, 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 oh, rocky you want? top got of course of there we go
1: <laughs> eight weeks it feels like this has been a holding pattern of sorts you make a good point kayla that georgia Really hasn't played anybody since the opener when they, yeah, they dominated the Ducks. It was wild to see. It kind of put Oregon in their place for the time being. Everybody then took a step back and watched the Georgia defense roll for a few weeks. Okay, one of those games was a shutout against Sanford Okay, we get it. But they absolutely dominated South Carolina on the road. Um, you mentioned the, the close call against Mizzou. But, you know, a dominating shutout over Vanderbilt for what it's worth. Um, Only giving up 20 to Florida. And now all of this comes back around to, like I said, eight weeks later, the first true test. And again, after this, I don't know if there is another necessarily, if you want to call it, true test for Georgia. If they can simply get past Tennessee, they are into the SEC championship game and most likely into the playoff. Tennessee, it feels like, RJ, could survive a loss and still get into the playoff even without a trip to the SEC championship game by virtue of the fact they've been undefeated and impressively so to this point and still have a couple games left on their schedule. You go, okay, you're going to have to beat somebody. Georgia, though, they lose to Tennessee. I would presume fall out of the top four. Don't get another opportunity to beat someone quality on their schedule because they've got trips to Mississippi State and Kentucky before they wrap up against Georgia Tech. This really is... I'm going to call it, as far as the college football playoff is concerned, an elimination game for the Bulldogs, which is crazy to think how dominant they've been this year. If they don't beat Tennessee, I don't think Georgia gets into the playoff.
0: I I think you're right. Um, I, I don't know that Tennessee can lose and get in as easy as you think, but I do think they have a better chance than Georgia only because the Alabama win. Um, mm-hmm. you know it, it'd be very difficult for let's say Georgia wins and then loses to Alabama you know does Tennessee have a better chance than Georgia of getting in even though Georgia won the head up or do you say hey look they beat out they beat the you know Tennessee beat the SEC champ that's their little boost I mean you know how, how does that work I don't know I don't want to test it I don't want to test it I don't want to test your theory out okay I'm sort to win this football game and I want to move on with it. Uh, there's a couple of things that 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 do, uh, you know, spell good signs for Tennessee. I think in this one, one is in the last 10 matchups featuring one versus two in the AP poll that had a spread of seven or more. The underdog is eight and two against the spread and seven and three straight up. Like that, I saw that stat, and I did I did t- I did 10 jumping jacks. I don't do cardio. Okay, <laughs> I did 10. J- I was so happy. I had to get I had to get some of that energy out of me. It's it's a it's a great offense against great defense. And this is not the same defense they had last year at Georgia. They only got two starters returning uh, from that defense that's gonna be playing in this game they played in last year's game. So I think that's a big deal. This is a fact. if you haven't seen this defense this offense, it's so fast-paced. It is yeah. so fast, and they're sure. gonna get up to the line of scrimmage and they're gonna snap the football, and they've got a guy who's basically the college version of Tyreek Hill play in the slot, and they're going to try to match him up on a safety.
1: Yeah, and, and you mentioned it's not the same defense for Georgia as a year ago. It's not the same offense for Tennessee, as you're pointing out. They finished with it 387 yards, the total offense a year ago against Georgia, 22 first downs, but only 55 of those yards came on the ground. This is a different Tennessee offense, like we said, different Georgia defense. Georgia, for what it's worth, they piled up 274 yards on the ground last year. I don't think they'll be able to do that against Tennessee again. Um, I, I, at the very least, look, this is going to be a field goal game. I think it, I think it does come down to the wire. I think that benefits the Vols in this case. And being that I think it's a field goal game, there's no way I can comfortably lay eight and a half, even if I expect Georgia to win this one. So if I'm looking at it, give me Tennessee give me eight and a half. Cause I don't think there's any way Georgia runs away with this. I don't, I think this is going to be, I think this is going to challenge Alabama there's no way to predict the ending obviously, mm-hmm. but I think this will, this will challenge Tennessee Bama for game of the year status when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. So, um, give me Tennessee plus the eight and a half. I'm riding with you as well, RJ. Hopefully we'll be able to celebrate with you next week. It feels like Tennessee is a, is a nice feel good story too. Like because the, it's been so long between the success, the periods of success, it's it's almost like the Phillies in the World Series, right? Everybody, uh, well, I shouldn't say everybody because I know there's people in Houston that listen to us and in South Texas, but like <laughs> most of the world, as much as we Philly fans drive us nuts, we're rooting for the Phillies and Bryce Harper and Schwarber and all that because it's been so long in between the periods of success. Sometimes the team is just fun to watch win. Hendon Hooker, Tennessee, the Volunteers, it's just fun to watch them win. So- I'm we'll on. I'm on holds. the Tennessee
2: bandwagon, and my team's in the well, SEC. Ask- so there you go.
1: Yeah, you're. Yeah, you're asking like for this. cheers that's and great. stuff, Kayla. This is this is something SEC on <laughs> SEC love. I don't know what to make of this. I guess the that my the enemy of my friend is my friend, or something like that. I don't know. Yes, anyway, I, uh, some, yeah, some, that, that's how it is. Some big spreads around the world this week. Uh, Ohio State favored by 38 and a half against Northwestern. Oregon by 31 and a half against Colorado. Michigan, 26 and a half against Rutgers. Uh, and Cal at number nine USC, 21 and a half. They are getting on the road. Those other three, those first three I mentioned, all uh, road favorites by at least three and a half, if not five and a half touchdowns. Um, I don't know if I'm jumping on any of these guys. I mean, I expect Ohio state could beat Northwestern by six touchdowns, but I don't know if I'm willing to lay money on it. Same goes for Michigan beating Rutgers by four touchdowns. But again, I don't know if I'm leaning in on any of these.
2: I, you guys, I, uh, took Ohio state in that 30 point spread against Iowa and they didn't let me down. So I like Iowa state. Minus 38 and a half against Northwestern. The Wildcats are only averaging 17.9 a game next to OSU's 48.9 a game. Plus OSU is holding teams to just 16.9 a game. So we should expect a bloodbath in this one.
1: Okay, that's fair. Northwestern stinks and Ohio State is really good. <laughs> I just, I have I do have, I I think, you know, I, I'm not saying this is a Penn State fan. I just think as a neutral college football observer, I think there were some questions laid out there about Ohio State. And if if they don't get turnovers in short fields against better teams, obviously better than Northwestern, what's going to happen to them when they've got to when they've got a piece together drive after drive after drive to score points against better teams, i.e., Michigan in a few weeks and then uh, in the playoffs? I'm curious to see how it goes. Largest totals of the week: uh, Western Kentucky at Charlotte, 71 and a half. That's also Texas Tech and TCU, 71 and a half. Uh, Oak State and Kansas, 69 and a half. Houston SMU 67 and a half. So imagine that the big 12 has some big totals in a couple of those, uh, an AAC big total um, Texas tech TCU. I don't think should have a problem with 71 and a half RJ.
0: I don't think so either. And I don't think TCU should have a problem with Texas tech uh, in the game itself. Uh, this, this, this game should hit, you know, TCU should put up in the high forties in this game. I mean, I don't see why they shouldn't. And, you know, tech's going to score in the, you know, somewhere around 30 points. So, Yeah, I'm with you. I I think that that number uh, should easily get hit.
1: All right, best bets of the weekend. I'll lead us off. I've got Florida, one of the SEC games that doesn't get all the attention this weekend. Florida, Texas A&M, total sitting at just 55 and a half. The line started low, like 54 in a lot of spots and has consistently risen throughout the week, uh, but hasn't lost a big sharp money advantage, still sitting on the over, probably because Florida's defense is terrible. The only one in the SEC. Worse than Vanderbilt and Arkansas. AM still trading on that three and one start when they gave up just 47 total points, but during their four-game losing streak, they've given up 127 points. So this game has like 34-30 or 31-27 written all over it. I'll take the over on Florida and Texas AM. RJ. Uh,
0: you know, I'm gonna take South Carolina by six and a half against Vandy. Uh that's one of the games that I'm gonna go with. Uh give me the Gamecocks. Uh, and then uh I, I also random. UTSA, plus a half oh. point on the road against UAB. Give me the roadrunners, uh, and I'm going to stay away uh, from actually placing a real bet on my volunteers. I cannot do that to myself this week.
1: <laughs> Too many emotions involved. Kayla, what's your best bet?
2: Um. Hi, my name is Kayla, and my toxic trade is not quitting Mizzou football. Uh, so, guys, we have <laughs> Kentucky this weekend. What? We have Ken- <laughs> Kentucky this weekend at home, and I like the first half under of 21. Our offense is figuring out, but our defense is legit. Um, As we saw in the Georgia game, the Tigers went on the road last week and held South Carolina to just 10 points, 203 total yards, just 23 on the ground. They also did a great job of applying pressure with four sacks. The Kentucky offense has allowed 30 sacks so far this season that puts them tied for first. Kentucky also has a top 15 defense, meaning they should have no problem against my Tigers offense. So 21, under 21 in the first half.
1: I love it. Great to have the whole gang back together. We'll do it again next week as we've moved into the month of November. Don't forget to download us on Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y, and catch us every Friday night and Saturday morning here on the BetQL Network. This has been another edition of BetQLU. This is BetQLU with RJ, Chris, and Kayla here on the BetQL Network presented by BetMGM.